Welcome everyone to the Daredevil podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, everybody. Hello, Matt. Back here for a little Daredevil coming at you season two style. Indeed, just a little uh, a little preview, fall time preview to see where things are headed. Uh, but first, Pete, let's look back to the summertime for old DD, shall we? Absolutely. Wanted to share with everyone some good news. On June 18th, 2015, the American Foundation for the Blind awarded Charlie Cox a Helen Keller Achievement Award for his having, quote, demonstrated outstanding achievement in improving quality of life for people with vision loss. So certainly a nice award there, Pete. Absolutely. And well earned. Um, you know, we had received a rather, uh, I found it touching. I, I think you did as well, Matt, um, you know, message via Facebook um, from one of our listeners who happens to be blind, who was talking about uh, loving that Netflix um, made it available, particularly uh, with the, uh, you know, enhancement for uh, those without sight. And it's really cool that uh, this has been uh, recognized outside of that. And, you know, Pete, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that for a bunch of reasons, including I want to go back and check out some of the episodes with that descriptive audio function turned on because the little bit I checked out when we were watching and podcasting the series uh, it really added a cool element just in terms of um, kind of being this ongoing narration or description. And, and I think, you know, it might be, it might be a neat way to, uh, to, to sample the series or a different way to sample the series. But um, certainly uh, a, nice, a nice award there, uh, not just for Charlie Cox, but I think, you know, Charlie Cox uh, standing in for the show as a whole. And, uh, and the fact that you have this... Um, you know, this uh, this character who is blind um, and where it clearly doesn't stop him from doing the things he wants to do. Yet another way that the show has been groundbreaking. Indeed. And uh, Pete, speaking of uh, groundbreaking, or at least the ground breaking out from some people, let's now talk casting, some casting math here. Uh, there were three cast members lost in the first season uh, and appear, it appears that they are adding three more for season two. They're they are, and we were waiting on some critical casting decisions, and boy, have they ever come through. First up, and look, we're going to be touching on this casting stuff a little bit. I don't think any of it is particularly spoilery, so if, you know, if I, general spoiler rules are in place, but uh, anyhow, first up, as I'm sure everybody knows, John Berthall as the Punisher. Enormous. And there's a guy through uh, his limited work in film and his work alone on The Walking Dead as Shane, who is going to bring precisely the edge that this edgy take on Daredevil demands. Well, Pete, it's a, it's an interesting uh, notion to have John Berthall in a show that I am podcasting. Um, longtime listeners may know that there was uh, even before before old Pete was around in the podcasting universe. Uh, I had attempted to do a Walking Dead podcast right when that show first started. Uh, that lasted one episode before the, the person I was doing it with disappeared, honestly, into thin air, and multiple people never heard of him again, which is kind of weird. Um, then, in the uh, in the proto Fantastic Geek uh, years, um, we had kicked around doing a podcast on the show that became 
uh, well, it was L.A. Noir, and then they changed the name, yeah. and then it was just kind of unceremoniously dumped over, I think, three nights in one week. Um, so let's hope this John Berthall show <laughs> doesn't have the podcasting and slash cancellation juju that the previous two have had. Third time's a charm, Matt. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, also added to the, to the cast, and not particularly surprising anybody after that uh, that law school anecdote, but Elodie Young as Electra. Yes, and they had teased out the uh, the Greek girl in the Spanish class, and um, this casting just really hits it on top of the Bernthal as as the Punisher, and everything that that character and that actor can give that character. Really interested to see what Elodie Young's take is going to be on Elektra. Yeah, I like that they're kind of getting into that character who. who um you know, obviously it's so important, say, to the movie and whatnot, but I like that they're kind of waiting until season two and also, you know, I, and again, we always refer back to the movie as a touchstone in part because that's that's where a lot of uh, the experience that you and I have, Pete, but also our listeners have with the character. But it'll be nice to kind of slowly tease this thing out of, you know, her as the, you know, someone with ninja skills and not kind of the, the limitations that a two-hour movie can bring you, let alone a two-hour movie that's not too great. Definitely. Uh, last up for the main cast is Steven Ryder, who's been added to the cast as New York DA Blake Tower um, and somebody who will be giving either Matt or Daredevil information. My question to you, Pete, is this kind of in, in terms of the storytelling, in terms of the script functions, is this kind of the new Ben Urich? Listen, you're going to have a very hard time attempting to replace one, the character and two, the performance put in there by Vondi Curtis Hall that, you know, was just something that came on and got better and better as uh, season one progressed. But if they want to go with that archetype and they need to, you know, leak information to, uh, you know, uh, Daredevil to Matt Murdock, uh, it's, it's not a bad choice. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I guess with that, Pete, let's move on here to some predictions. I think it's worth mentioning that as uh, as some of the press releases came out, particularly for uh, Bernthal and Elodie Young, um, the Marvel press releases would note Marvel's Daredevil stars Charlie Cox, Deborah Ann Wall, Eldon Henson, and Rosario Dawson, period, close quote. So, Pete, what does that mean in terms of having Fisk and Vanessa in the show? Well... I think it's certainly up in the air how much they can appear. They won't be regulars. They're not listed as regulars, but it doesn't rule them out that uh, they won't appear. I think, at least for me anyway, and I know this is something that that I said at the end of uh, at the end of the season. I kind of, um, or at least when we were hoping, hey, who's Vanessa going to get to help? And we, we, you know, we were kind of wondering, could it be the Punisher? Um, that would seem to be a, a good kind of transition point in terms of bring her back in a recurring role or in a, in a guesting role as the person who's hiring the new muscle now that, uh, now that Fisk's empire and all the associated muscle has, uh, you know, either been gone to prison or, or been, uh, you know, just kind of, they've all slinked, slunk, slank back into the shadows. Well, we knew she was heading abroad out of the reach of the authorities having aligned herself, you know, fully with, uh, with Fisk. We know he's behind bars. I can't imagine we're not going to get, um, you know, some scenes of him 
uh, in prison, you know, that, that whole story to be told there. And, um, the thing that the show's done a wonderful job of with what we've seen so far is presenting you the familiar, but presenting it a different way and, uh, really kind of hopeful what that means for us. You know, we know the, the Punisher story, we know the Frank Castle, you know, troubled guy, et cetera, et cetera. We know the Electra um, Nachios story. I really look forward to the wrinkles that um, a, a new producing team, uh, show running team in, uh, in season two will present us with. Well, you know, Pete, you raise a really interesting point because I think if you asked somebody with just even passing knowledge of these comic characters what this season is going to be about you know i mean what's the punisher arc going to be uh maybe some people get killed off mysteriously in the first episode then burnthal reveal maybe at the end of the second then fight 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 all for the middle episodes 11 and a half 12 and 13 punisher redeemed marginally a good guy now you know, ditto for Elektra, whether you kill her off as as was done famously in the comics um, and and the first movie, um, you know, remains to be seen if you do that now or later or never. But there's kind of so many expectations, story expectations built into these two characters that kind of, you know, they can't they can't zig with the zig the whole time. At a certain point, they need to zig and zag to make it interesting. I can promise you no one will say his name for the first three and a half episodes. <laughs> Indeed, much as the uh, as is the comic book tradition. Um, and Pete, speaking of traditions, there's, of course, the tradition of uh, of crossovers um, in season three of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're looking for powered people. Will that take us to, to New York City? We'll start there. Much was made of the abandoned plan to bring Clark Gregg to bring Coulson um, into one episode of Daredevil. They don't need it at this point. Um, You know, and I I think they backed off given how strong the word of mouth was. So the connections are what I think at this point they're going to want to make of it. We already know agent, I'm sorry, uh, season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be, you know, very heavy into the Secret Warriors storyline. Um, the the thing where they'll be united is everything, uh, you know, building up to this civil war. And um, if we're going to get um, Jessica Jones November, December-ish, like we're hearing, that would clear Daredevil to come out you know, somewhere around the year anniversary of the original and, you know, a little bit before uh, the Civil War. So, you know, you really amp that up. We know the the Punisher is a very big part of the, you know, comic Civil War storyline. So, uh, you know, we'll see where they go with it. I certainly hope that that they do take these opportunities when they present themselves. I think the way that uh, Agent Carter made her way into two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a very organic way to do it uh, in those instances. 
the flip side is, and since we last, uh, since we last talked Marvel uh, on the uh, uh, last week, um, which is to say within the last week, there was this story in the news about how essentially Marvel Films has now broken off from the rest of the Marvel hierarchy and now Marvel Films and uh, Kevin Feige reports directly to Disney Brass and not to Marvel Brass. I, you know, as somebody who you know spends a lot of time thinking about and talking about Marvel television, I hope that that doesn't have some kind of spillover effect. I mean, they don't need direct tie-ins to the movies, but I hope now it's not like, oh, Marvel television, you're with those New York Marvel people. Sorry, we're off making the movies. Um, I guess time will tell. It's got to be story first. It's got to come from the story that they're trying to tell. And then you make it organic to the characters. So if Coulson, if uh, Daisy Johnson, if whomever needs to show up in this for that reason, great. Don't force it. That's been the wonderful thing that they've done to this point is not need to shoehorn it. Couldn't say it better myself. Pete, any final thoughts here? I mean, obviously, Daredevil is probably a good six months away from coming out, if not uh, if not more. Um, any any thoughts between now and uh, and when next we talk Daredevil again? I have watched the series four times through to this point, and there's not a time that I go through it that it doesn't further gain redeeming value. This is a landmark show for Netflix. It was its quickest ever to renewal at 11 days. And I can only foresee that they're going to continue to build around this with such quality that I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to Jessica Jones and the, uh, the dice they're willing to roll there. Absolutely. It certainly is a very, very exciting time for, uh, for Marvel TV and uh, if you listen to us on the pop culture feed, uh, next week we will be back as we preview Agent Carter. Uh, if you're listening to us on the uh, the Daredevil only feed, oh, probably sometime you know sometime in the winter we will uh, we'll chat again as we start to get a little bit closer to the uh, to the premiere of season two. Uh, again, I think we all kind of assume it'll be April because most of the Netflix shows keep that kind of year anniversary mark. But uh, but time will tell. Pete, in the interim. What's the best time somebody can have on Twitter? <laughs> well, if you're referring to me, Matt, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 6,256 followers. Can't be wrong. Very, very nice. While I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole host of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. You can find us under that name on the Gmail, the dot com, and the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Again, with the PH, all one word. It's the place to be. It sure is. And uh, as stated again, if you listen to us in the pop culture feed, we'll be talking Agent Carter at this time next week. With that, Pete, I dare say it's time for you to give us the final daredevil word for a while. Oh, Matt, don't punish me. Full of